0: Hello and welcome to the Idea to Startup podcast. I am Brian Scordato and it is holiday week 2021. It's been a long year, but you've stuck with us through Hemsworth jokes and half-baked gluten-free pasta ideas and never-ending ruby anecdotes and firewood and treading water and vertical farms and inertia and Quibi, all to make your startup better or better prepare you for when you do take the plunge. Congrats and thank you. Doesn't Quibi seem like forever ago? It was exactly 10 decades ago, which in 2021 time is April. Anyway, thank you for all the support and the listens and the words of encouragement. We're in the top 1.5% of all podcasts, and that is cool. The last two episodes of 2021 will be repeats. They're the most listened to episode of the year and my favorite episode of the year. The most listened to was titled How to Not Waste Your Life, which is an amazing segue to today's sponsor, which is the Tacklebox membership. Technically always the sponsor, but today it's a bit different because after seven years and 350 founders that showed up with an idea and have now built businesses worth over a billion dollars combined, I've got news. We put everything we learned from those seven years and 350 founders into our new and now only product, the Tacklebox membership. It's a monthly membership that gives you access to the structure, strategy, and network you need to build your business idea right. It's a clear step-by-step path with metrics from idea to product. It's the thing I would have killed for when I was starting a business back in 2007. And you can start today. If you've got a full-time job, the program is built for you to make progress in the margins until you're ready to switch over to your business full-time. As mentioned, you can start Tacklebox anytime. There are no more cohorts. Just a community of people building stuff, running tests, and following the path. Join today to join that community. For anyone that starts before the end of January, you'll get 40% off the monthly cost for life. We'll probably never do a deal like this again, but in the spirit of the episode, in the spirit of the new year, we're doing it. We want to launch 500 businesses next year. Got to start somewhere. So if you want that clear path, accountability, and the framework to test and build an idea, it'll cost you about 200 bucks a month. And it could turn into something that changes your life. Head to GetTackleBox.com and use the code BUILDIN2022 to start. And if you do, I'll see you at the next Wednesday strategy session. And now let's get into the most listened to pod of the year, coming in at a tidy 14 minutes and 50 seconds, how to not waste your life with a lesson we should all take to heart and build on in 2022. Let's all have a huge year. You're probably wasting your potential and maybe your life. And the absolute worst part of it is you aren't even having fun doing it. I'm Brian Scardato, and this is The Idea to Start Up Podcast, and that is, without a doubt, the biggest downer of an intro that we have ever had. But I swear to you, we're going to get this thing turned around. Today is a shorter episode, so no long intro, no plugs, only a little taste of the smooth jazz music to wet your beak, and then we're back to it. And now we've got to talk about non-alcoholic beer. A friend of mine from business school lives in downtown Manhattan, and he told me that during walks with his dog, he kept noticing vacant storefronts. This was pre-pandemic, but the vacancies only increased as the pandemic settled in. He began calling brokers and making extremely low offers for retail space to see where the actual floor of the market was. Eventually, someone bit. Separately, he'd been thinking about his relationship with alcohol. What was he really getting out of it? Was he drinking because he enjoyed it, or was it just a habit? He'd started trying out some non-alcoholic spirits and found the space tough to navigate. The emergence of the craft non-alcoholic market was definitely still finding its footing, but it seemed to be picking up scattered momentum. My friend is naturally curious, and he began calling the founders of the non-alcoholic brands he found through internet searches, mentioning that he was thinking about opening up a booze-free bottle shop. They sent samples, he tried them, and he began curating a selection of his favorites. In his personal life, he began regularly adding booze-free nights and he enjoyed them. After the broker had bid on his rock-bottom price, he opened up his store, spirited away. The lease was month to month and the other ramp-up costs were minimal. I visited the other day right before closing and in the five minutes I was there, four people came in and made bulk purchases. He's scouting locations for his second store. Today I want to talk about how we spend our time. I want to talk about North Stars. I want to talk about the pressure we put on ourselves. I want to talk a little bit about being passionate about things as i wrote this out i realized how intertwined all four of these really are we'll start with the easiest one to talk about and the hardest one to fix time specifically let's start with inputs and outputs the last 15 months have been a terrible blur i hope you made it through as unscathed as you possibly could but even the most unscathed person was still scathed like Andy Dufresne, we crawled through that sewage pipe of shit five football fields long, and now we're just about out, hopefully. So where'd we land? If you're a founder or a prospective founder, all I can say is good. There's more money than ever going into fewer startups than ever. Anecdotally, my inbox is filled with people looking for startups to angel invest in. Statistically, VCs invested on average $428 bucks into U.S. startups every single day in 2020. The total amount was a record, the number of deals was a record, and specifically, seed deals exploded. Best of all, the funding was delivered more equitably. In short, if you build a startup idea, you will have a fair shot at raising money. Unfortunately, not a lot of people are. Fewer people are starting businesses than in 1970. And lots of really talented people I've known for a while want to start something, but they're struggling. I can't tell you how many people have told me they're, quote, stuck. They're waiting for the thing they're really passionate about to come along. I think this all comes back to time and inputs. Our inputs have slipped dramatically the past 15 months. So, of course, our outputs have too. We've all become professional checkers. COVID taught us to check. It started with us checking the numbers, checking the protocols, checking the vaccine, checking, checking, checking. And we should have been checking. That stuff was important, but the habit stuck. And now we're a bunch of nighttime security guards at museums, checking 30 screens in front of us before we go on our rounds. We check email, we check Twitter, we check Instagram, we check the news. We check our favorite sports teams. We check COVID to make sure it's still petering out, at least in the U.S. We check on the other sources of news that don't fit our worldview because people told us we should do that. That news frustrates us. So we check more news, then Instagram, then Twitter. Our thumbs do it all without us realizing. In our free time, we check. In the margin between calls, we check. We wake up and we check. Habits are reinforced by frequency and social apps are built to feast on our instincts. Habits are stickiest when they're stacked one on top of the next. This is a perfect storm and we never stood a chance. Luckily, the checking stops today. It's time to move on. If this first part of the podcast sounded preachy or judgmental, do not take it that way. I've got my security jacket on just like everybody else. Writing this podcast is my way of shaking out of it. The checking is unconscious, but the change needs to be conscious. Here's where I started, and I'm excited to report that it's been helpful. First, I took a big, blank piece of paper and wrote out the answer to three questions. First, what makes me tick? Second, what gets me ridiculously excited? Third, what's happened in the past few years that I've been proud of? I made lists for each question, which was surprisingly hard, then tried to identify the building blocks that led to the things that challenged me, got me excited, made me happy, and made me proud. Here's a list. First, read books. It became clear that this drives everything, and this was the thing most displaced by me becoming a professional checker. Books drove all the helpful content I've ever created. The books don't have to be good or even about business. Anything interesting comes from people who are able to hold a few different viewpoints in their head simultaneously and then mishmash them together to create something new. Sometimes that comes from reading business books and applying them to startups. Sometimes it comes from reading Stephen King. Sometimes it comes from Harry Potter. When other people write out well-formed thoughts, arguments, and stories, it helps your mind think that way too. Even thoughtful shows helped. Last week in box one-on-ones, I successfully used examples from the Americans and Bojack Horseman to make what I hope were cogent points. What never ever helped was anything in a tweet, a blog or anything a writer didn't labor over. Our brains will reflect the content we consume. If it's surface level, we'll create surface level stuff. The rise of the one sentence LinkedIn post, you know the ones I'm talking about, they start with a line like, I never saw it coming, then have 31 line sentences. Those are pure garbage and they make you stupider. Smart stuff makes you smarter. Seek it out. Second, interacting with smart people who are experts in something. Most of these were things like small group dinners or meetups. I was invited to and nervous to attend, but ended up being unbelievably beneficial. Whenever I've been purposeful to seek out dinners or meetups or events where interesting people would be, my hit rate on meaningful relationships exploded. Harder during COVID possible now. Third, going deep on something. These come from our startups. Learning how to set up B2B sales from a B2B sales expert, learning about restaurant management from a guy who's managed 25 restaurants, learning about writing from someone who's written five bestsellers, taking the tactics that worked for them in other industries and trying to apply them to different disciplines drove my best work. Fourth, focus time. Everything creative came from blocks of time with no distractions, plane flights. Coffee shops, early mornings, late nights. When I protected time to think and work, things happen. Not rocket science. Next, I broke down these four drivers into actionable blocks I can track. Nothing crazy, but it's working. 25 pages of a book each day. Doesn't matter what book. I'm on day 20 in a row of 25 pages, and it's fundamentally changed things. Two events per month where I meet with people who are smarter than me. I'm hosting one dinner and desperately searching for a second to attend. The bar for smarter than me is pretty low, so if you've got something, invite away. Next, I'll pursue random ideas with focus every two weeks. More on that in a second. Finally, schedule four-hour blocks throughout the week for focused, uninterrupted work. That's a habit I've always had. I'm tracking each, and they're forcing me to swap out the checking. When I have a task, like read 25 pages, It hits the dopamine response just as well as checking does, usually better. My behavior has swapped. I also picked up one more piece of advice from my most prolific friend. It's taken some effort, but it's beginning to take hold. He says that every time you do anything on autopilot, check your email, check your phone, check anything, ask yourself one question. If you're checking ESPN to see what time the Yankee game is so you can plan a run around it, great. If you're checking Instagram to check, bad. Don't do it. This has been magical because it doesn't get rid of those things entirely. Sometimes my answer to why am I checking ESPN is because I worked hard today and I want to read some articles about sports that will help me relax. If that's helping me relax, great. But usually that answer doesn't pass the sniff test and I go do something that's actually relaxing. The key is choosing, being conscious of it. I want to consciously do X because it will help me do Y. Don't just float and let the world happen to you everything you do each day is a block. At the end of the day, what do you want the thing you built to look like? There's a quote I love that goes, tell me what you pay attention to and I'll tell you who you are. I've gone to a chiropractor a few times a month for the past few years after a head injury. And like all great healthcare providers, she's one part physical, one part mental. It's extraordinary how she can take one look at me after a hectic week and say, you've got too many shoulds. You should do this. You should do that. Then she looks at me in the eyes and she says, Brian, Let go of the shoulds. The only thing you have to focus on is in the room you're in. Be where your feet are. Checking pulls you out of every moment. It pulls you from the things that make you happy, and it pulls you from the things that make you successful. It gives you responsibility for a bunch of stuff you don't need to take responsibility for. You aren't a museum security guard. You don't need to make the rounds. Be where your feet are. Back to the interesting stuff. My friend that started the booze-free liquor store simply went after it. It was inspiring. And as I talked through it with him, he's incredibly inspired and fascinated by the booze-free space. Now. It became clear he wasn't originally like that. He was kind of interested, but his fascination has grown immensely since the store opened. Inputs and outputs are screwing up people making cool things, but I think there's another big thing blocking us. I'm calling it the North Star Fallacy. All we talk about is people building things they've been obsessed with for decades, a wine startup where the family's been in the wine business in France since the 1700s, a storage startup where the founder wrote in fourth grade that they wanted to grow up to make beautiful, sustainable storage bins, a company that monitors real time stats for high school baseball players by a founder who used to keep notebooks of hit logs when they watched games when they were seven. The narrative of the obsessive founder that's always known with zero ambiguity is pervasive. Unfortunately, it's also bullshit, but it's scaring people off. I'm certainly not the person saying you should go after a startup willy-nilly, but never-ending passion isn't a prerequisite because it's never going to be a pre-existing condition. You'll never have a bunch of green lights telling you this is the thing you should take a risk on. Anything you're passionate about now, you're passionate about because you built momentum towards it. You did it a lot and you got better at it than other people. I've watched this paralyze people. They're kind of interested in a topic, but they aren't endlessly fascinated by it. So they wait, they find a problem they think is interesting. But what if this isn't what their capital M meant to do? They'll wait for their calling like the wine founder did. That's the North Star fallacy. It's just another thing we're checking on. Has our North Star come strolling up our driveway to knock on our door yet? No. And we better get back to Instagram. Passion only comes from momentum, but people want to skip that step. Finding your North Star is a skill, not a right. It'll take a lot of searching and it requires momentum, but it also requires you to be proactive, which the museum security guard and all of us has forgotten how to do. So here's what I'm doing. Two-week sprints on something I don't know anything about. I'll plant a stake in the ground, learn enough to see why the baby I thought was cute is actually ugly, or learn enough to get some momentum and expand for another two weeks. My first two-week sprint combined two things I don't really know anything about, but I hear about a lot. First, the plastic continent off the coast of California, and second, how expensive lumber is. I had a dumb, fleeting idea that maybe we can import plastic from that huge, pollutive mass and use it to build houses, or insulate houses, or do something with houses. Given that I only had two weeks, I needed to learn the most basic and important stuff first. I needed to know more about materials used for housing and more about the plastic in the ocean. I came up with two questions I had two weeks to answer. First, Is it possible to import plastic from the floating plastic continent? And second, can recycled plastic be used as a building material for houses? There's a service called Clarity FM where you can speak with experts in just about any space for around a buck a minute. So I did a few 15 minute calls with architects and home builders to learn more about materials. Then I cold emailed a few people that have published research on the floating mass of plastic. They each agreed to a call. I quickly realized that getting plastic from the ocean while noble made absolutely zero sense because there's tons of plastic near wherever i want to build houses that i can get for cheaper but i learned a ton more about what it can be used for how it would need to be treated to make it useful how much it would cost i learned about the best and worst uses for it and from architects i learned about all the materials they would tried to sub out for wood and why they were good or bad In two weeks, I learned an enormous amount, and I literally did it during the time I would have been checking on things, doing my rounds. Passion is earned, not given, but the time is there. You can get the ball rolling. You've just got to turn in your security badge, pick a topic for a two-week sprint, and remove some of that pressure on yourself. This doesn't need to be the end-all be-all. You don't need to come from five generations of home builders to explore an idea. You are what you pay attention to, so be curious, try stuff out, and build all the random deep connections that will eventually lead you to build something amazing. Be where your feet are.